Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Puck 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X Pac Wolfman. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to X Pac 12360. I'm your host, Sean X Pac Waltman. A lot of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling this week. Did I say wrestling? That's so lazy of me. It's wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, you know, join, joining us, as usual, on the couch, we got Jimbo. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Yes. Sleeping Lou. Yeah, Denise Salcedo. What's hey going everyone. on? Bill Hanstock from hey. Up Rocks. TK Trinidad from TMZ. Hey, hey. Yeah, it's a lot going on, huh? Yeah, yeah, always. Um, All the I'm time. trying. I I'm not sure what to talk about uh, first. Uh, so I'll just you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about this weekend. Uh, this weekend was the big event in New York City. It was held uh, uh, across the street from LaGuardia Airport, and the um, it's kind of a tradition that started way way back. Um, and the first time that I went to a convention uh a wrestling convention it was amazing and it was uh a guy named john arezzi he's the one that started all that he used to be partners with vince russo mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about are you familiar with the name at all yeah I'm familiar with the name. partners uh, with vince russo yeah what? they used to have a radio show oh, in the new york okay. city market uh, but that's a whole nother story uh, but the thing is is uh john is the one that pioneered the uh the big the, 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 the the whole wrestling convention thing in general. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, that's where I got to meet Bruno San Martino, like a lot of these guys, like Luther. I mean, um, anyways, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, all these years later, and that was in 91, the, the first one I went to, all these years later, uh, it's still being done, like, right there across the street from LaGuardia, and it was really cool, and it was huge. Yeah. Every, every year, it's a huge event. Um, uh, Shawn Michaels was the headliner this year. Uh, he always does well. Yeah. Wherever. And he had, damn sure better if you know how much money he charged. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I know tickets to get him to sign or pictures aren't cheap. So, right. Yeah, they definitely got to balance that out. Yeah. But I'm sure he has a ridiculous line. It was. It was. It was it, it's worth it. It's not one of those things like uh, there's somebody else. Uh, was just brought in, and I'm not going to name his name, but a very big star that was in a big, a big match at WrestleMania this past year, mm-hmm. uh, was brought out to, uh, to a big event, and well, not the big event, but a big, a big event, event on the East Coast, and the promoter lost their ass on this guy mm-hmm. because he just charged, I mean, like fifty grand to bring this guy in. And wow. Yeah, I just don't understand how anyone better be know. selling a lot of pre-sale tickets. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just insane. So, uh, yeah, but Sean, Sean, he, uh, when, whenever they bring him anywhere, he always, he always does well for the people bringing him in. Yeah, I'm sure. If they do their job. So, uh, anyways, the cool thing was I got to, uh, spend time with Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did, you know, we signed right next to each other. So we did combos after, at the end of the day where people lined. There was more people for combos than there were for any of us separately, you know? I'm sure. Why not? Yeah. Pay the extra couple bucks and just have all of you together. Yeah. It was, uh, so, um, yeah, I was just downstairs, uh, walking Lou and then all of a sudden Brian comes down road dog and he's like, I saw you in the, I saw you from my window and I was trying to yell out the window, but I couldn't. (laughs) So I had to run downstairs. So we had breakfast together, Lou and and myself and, and Road Dog, and uh, we caught up on a lot of things. That's awesome. And yeah, no, it was fantastic. I got to see, and and Scott was there, Scott Hall, but he was on the other side of the uh, of the okay. building, so I didn't really. I only saw him briefly. Um, saw Ted DiBiase, who's uh, who's documentary came documentary out just came out. Crazy that his documentary came out on the same day that Thirty for Thirty came out, <laughs> which we're going to talk yeah. about in a little bit. Um, don't understand the timing of that one. I think it might have been just, in, you know, coincidence. When, I think it's just when Fathom Events had the day available to yeah. run, because it was it, it was just a one time. It was a special event. Yeah, that you could only go see it in theaters on that one day. And Fathom Events does stuff all the time. Yeah, so I think it's just and, and also the because they had that date locked in for a long time, and the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty date kept moving all around. Yeah, so I don't think it was anything targeted no i just it's just a it's a shame yeah i think because it might have affected uh i think that may you know if you're gonna choose okay um i could go see i could leave the house and go see you know the the ted dibiase uh doc or i could stay home and watch the 30 for 30 you hate to give people that option yeah i mean the the the, i think i it shouldn't, in theory, it shouldn't have hurt it too much because you can DVR the 30 for 30. Yeah. You can go, I mean, it, they weren't even at the same time necessarily. Sure. And, and, and the thing about Ted's documentary is it has a, it has a, um, a spiritual message, a Christian, mm-hmm. Christian message to it. Well, obviously because Ted's a minister. Um, and you know, that there's a whole, like, you know, uh, that fan base is is pretty built in, and they're gonna they're gonna show up, mm-hmm. you know, whether there's a blizzard out or not. <laughs> I heard from George Hermosa, who went and saw it last night, that you make quite a cameo in there. Like you're in a. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot has happened since I since that footage was was shot. That was all. That was like eight years ago. Really? Maybe long. Yeah, wow. about eight years ago. Maybe a little less, but you know, I was still wandering around in the darkness. Okay. At that time, you know, um, I remember doing some of the footage for that doc while I was sitting at uh, Ted's son Brett's house in uh, in uh, Tampa. Well, Brett, when Brett was still at Developmental, it was still called FCW. That's how long ago this was. Um, uh, I remember. Pass, I remember passing out on the couch in the middle of doing it, you know, because I was still I was still taking pills. So, uh, yeah, that's how long ago that was. Uh, so, do you not want to see something like this because you're afraid to see yourself like that? Uh, you know, that's a good question, Jimbo. And I I don't I don't like seeing 
things like that, but I think it's important to go back and look at them and see how you were. So you never go back there again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Growth, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, like there's a lot of, sh there's some shoot interview stuff that, um, and I don't blame the people that make the shoot interviews. I blame myself. Um, you go back and, and I would never want to go back and watch some of that stuff. You know, some of the things that were said, you know, not that any of it wasn't true, but just things that didn't need to be said or need to be said like that. Then you're, you know, you're, you're, you're high, pilled up, drunk, whatever, or all three. And, you know, you say things and, you know, you can't take them back. So anyway. you can move forward and grow what you've done. Correct. Awesome. Yeah. You're right, Jimbo. <laughs> sure has, has, has Rick always been, as long as you've known Rick, because you've known him a long time, has he always been completely unapologetic and upfront about who he is and, and the way he is, what he is? The Nature Boy? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Because I think, that, that, you know, people who watch documentaries and wrestling documentaries and 30 for 30s, there's a lot of, and like even going back to like behind the music and stuff, there's a, there's a lot of these like tragedy, <laughs> you know, sad stories about, you know, wasting your life or, or ruining your kids' lives or, or, you know, all sorts of stuff. And it's usually, you know, that stuff happens at the end and people are very... You know, they're sobbing, they're remorseful, they feel horrible about what they've done. The really striking thing about this documentary was, like, pretty much right up front. Flair, you know, smiling, not crying, just said, you know, I just wanted to be the nature boy, and that's who I was. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't there for my kids, and I, I did horrible things to my body and to myself and to my life, but that's just what it was. And, yeah. and it, it, it was just, that's not the normal sort of thing you see in these documentaries. Yeah, and I... Well, first, I just to go back to what you're saying about him being the nature boy. No one, no one on this earth has <laughs> ever uh, been a, a more authentic right. version. Like, I mean, that is that is really the nature boy, Ric right. Flair. There is no Ric Flair, right. Richard Flair. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. there hasn't been for a long, long time. Right. Uh, and that uh, and, uh, I just... It's weird. It's crazy. Like, you know, I, I, it's part of it. Does, you don't, it seems like there's no regrets there. And then obviously there are, right? Like, right. it's almost like you, a you disassociate. You have kind of have to disassociate a little bit from a lot of that. So I'm speaking for myself here, sure. too, because yeah. a lot of that stuff really hit close to home. But, but, but when you big... start getting towards the, the children, when, when, when Megan and, and, uh, you know when David and, and when they when they spoke on there, um, that was heartbreaking, yeah. man. Especially the, the, how David, how it affected David. Sure, and I mean, and that's also a function of your profession. Yeah, is you have to disassociate. Like it's your job to disassociate your actual who you are as a human being yeah. from the persona that you're putting forward yeah. to people. That's your job. It's just, and it's just such a selfish thing, man. It's the, about the most selfish thing in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm speaking for myself, too. You know, everything takes a backseat to professional wrestling. Yeah. Your kids, your wife, everything. Do you know anybody who's 
been able to do a good balance of it? Because you're on the road for a long period of time. Have you seen anybody that was, you know, the, they're they're still there for their kids that they, they actually managed to do both the best of both worlds, or is it just there um, are, there are, and it's the thing is it it just takes an extraordinary amount of work. I think a good example of that for you it would be Chris Jericho actually. Yes, he's one of those guys that you've never heard any rumors about him maybe being with other women. You know, he's been with his wife for such a long time. He has his kids. He's you know doing all of that stuff, but yet also doing all this other stuff. And I think he, I was thinking about that the other day how he's one of those people that right. actually has that good balance with career and with family. Now going back to what Bill said about um, about Ric Flair, which what I thought was cool about this documentary particularly was that Rick was living the life, man, right? Everybody, like, even, like, Snoop Dogg said, like, rappers wanted to be like him. Like, that's what he was. However, one of the cool things that we got to see, even though he was so unapologetic, was if you kind of look in between the lines, you see that he was trying to fill a void. Like, the interviewer asked him, you know, why didn't you just go home and watch TV instead of going out with women or whatever else you were doing? And he said... I wasn't going to spend the night alone. There was no way. And that line just hit me completely where I was like, this is incredible that he is able to open himself up like that. And even though he's being unapologetic about what he did to his first wife, he was still being honest about how this affected him. And I thought that was like, that was so impactful. It really speaks. It really, it really says something about you when, when you can't spend time alone with yourself. It really speaks to what you think of yourself and how much you actually do or don't love right. yourself. Because well, I've been there. And there was a time when, and, and, uh, and a lot of my friends are still like this, they just cannot handle being alone. Right. And, and you know something, I'm, I'm by myself all the time and I don't feel alone. Mm. I don't feel lonely. And, yeah, and, Lula. and before mean, yeah. Lula came <laughs> along, you know, I had, already gotten go- I had already gotten good with dating myself. You know, and and it's really important that uh, that we be able to to, uh, to sit in a hotel room with ourselves and not go crazy because we can't. You know, you know what I mean. Like I, I, these days there was a time when I was like that. You know, um, everything was about let's go out and like, you know, uh, because I I had been there. I I was, you know, I wasn't real comfortable being with myself and. Uh, now, and it's not just because you get all older. It's because I really enjoy just going back to my room, uh, chilling out, taking a bath, maybe, you know, talking on a J, and uh, and just relaxing, you know, catching up on things I need to catch up on, yeah. and not feel like I'm missing out on something if I'm not out, you know, running around. When was the last time that you would say that you've had? an in-depth conversation with Ric Flair or have, has that ever happened? Mm. It depends. I mean, one-on-one? Yeah. Eh, I don't know if, if there's ever been a, a situation where, where Rick and I have had like a long like one-on-one conversation. Yeah. It was all, it's always just been like five minutes here, t- ten minutes there, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, why do you ask? Well, I'm just... I'm just curious because i know that you and rick have a very long history like from you know you looking up to him as a wrestler and he being one of the the people that got you into wrestling as a fan to being having personal problems with him when you were in wcw to you know you you guys have been in the same circles forever in the same business you're both icons 
But I would you... not put my. Like, come on, man. I, okay, I appreciate <laughs> that, but let's not be no, no, ridiculous no. I, and I here. wasn't. I wasn't trying to blow smoke up your ass. I'm just saying, like, you and Rick Flair have coexisted in the same yeah. companies for so long. Yes, and it's not like you know when people see you know uh, Joey Abs on the street, they're not going to say like Joey Abs. You know what's yeah. up? They say X Pac. Oh my God! Like speaking of Joey Abs, we yeah, have Pete. exactly. <laughs> God, exactly. I, I always forget to do this at the top of the show. We have Pete Gas coming up on yeah. the show later. So yeah, go ahead. But but I just because knowing you as a person, you have such a a handle on well not a handle but you you have a really good perspective on what it was to live that life, to go through stuff and to be okay with yourself. Yeah, and. I feel like that's probably a good conversation that you could have with the guy, despite all of your past history and, and everything yeah. and whatever. Um, I was just curious as to, like, have you guys ever talked about life? With yeah, well, we talked about things. Like, I remember, like, okay, okay, the, you know, the the time that um, that, that Hunter was talking about on, on, the, on 30 for 30, where, you know, he made Rick go, go get some help. Mm. You know, Rick talked to me about that time, and he talked to me about how, like, the experience of actually going to, place and you know how they try to humble you yeah and you know like trying to get rick flair to go out and wash cars and stuff like you know i mean as part of their things they do i i just wasn't happening <laughs> uh let me ask you another quick question so I mean, the people all... are going wonder what's he talking about washing cars it's there are things right. that you do when you're in like you know therapy and rehab or whatever right. the case is whatever you want to call it right. someplace to get help where you know where you do these things that that are that are just they seem like menial tasks or yeah. there's a reason for the for, for, sure. for doing these things like Mr. Miyagi, you know wax on wax it's off. more <laughs> of just it's more of of of, of humbling yourself and, and and getting ground like you know getting, getting your feet planted back on the ground yeah. Mr. Flair go wash this car like excuse me exactly like, I pay people to wash my exactly cars. can you imagine yeah so no you know, sir go wash this car. The, the, that's the thing is. There are things like that that will prevent somebody from getting better. Sure. But is there a point, because you were talking about like being alone and all this other stuff, and I think the thing about that is people have to come to that realization why they why they don't like being alone. And there's people in the world who don't come to that realization. They're kind of always spinning in that circle. So what kind of was your point where it's just like, this is the end of the party life and I'm okay with being alone? And what was kind of that, what was kind of the, the point that ha- helped you to get to that like I'm okay with being alone. I'm okay with not doing the drugs. I'm not okay with all that. I wish I could tell you. I I wished it, it would make things easier for you know for other people maybe, but I can't sit and put a finger and pinpoint where where that happened and what it was. It wasn't like I had some epiphany. Like my my um you know my progress has been very long drawn out process. Um, it's not like I just had this epiphany and everything was, you know, uh, the clouds parted and, mm-hmm. you know, and happy days ahead. It was a lot of, you know, you know, um, cloudy with, you know, chance of rain <laughs> every day mm-hmm. for a long time. So uh, um, I can't personally, you know, I can't personally answer that. But I you, wish I could. I, I've seen you have a lot of good conversations with people about life and about the business and everything else and, and addiction. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've all watched your two awesome table for three episodes. Mm. <laughs> but my question for you is if you could pick anybody from pro wrestling to do a table for three with, 
at this point after having done one with Scott and Kev and after having done one with DDP and Scott like who would you who would who would be the other two people that you would pick to sit down with and just oh man wow <laughs> Bill special. come in with the, the I, I had some weeks off I had to <laughs> Who would be your, your top five in your rap cipher? Yeah. On top uh-huh. of that. Any person living your dead. <laughs> yeah, wow. I wasn't John Cypher. <laughs> don't even. Man, Bill. You can get back to me next week. Please. <laughs> I will. I'm going to think about that. All right, great. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I there was some things. And, and, okay, Rory Karp. What an amazing job he did on this thing. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. And he outdid himself because... Uh, he's done some some excellent stuff in the past, and I'm not a huge football fan by any means. But uh, Book of Manning, what an amazing uh, piece of work that was, and also Coach Snoop. So, uh, yeah, uh, good, uh, excellent job by Rory Carp. And did anyone uh, was anyone bothered by the animation stuff? Because I like I like I loved it. I wasn't even gonna give yeah. props. I love the drawing. I especially love the one where they drew Jim Ross <laughs> when they were sitting at the bar. I thought yeah. that was really funny. I was like, they, I need to tweet out credit to whoever did that. Part. No, the, the animation was amazing, mm-hmm. and it was also it like something the gorillas. Perfect because like when he is dancing on the bar in that Jim Ross story. They animated Ric Flair like dancing like Ric Flair would dance. Yeah. They didn't just like do a stock thing. Yeah. And then like and then like on the on the plane story, like as soon as they started the, the, the scene setting, I was like, There's one man gang, there's Road Warrior yeah. Hawk. Like they didn't just like draw random people. Like yep. they actually animated this stuff. Sure. well, you know, like it's not like I'm not speaking out of school, obviously, because they talked about it on the special. Uh Rick loved to show everyone his ding dong. <laughs> That was my favorite part when Sting was telling the story about the, and they showed it on the airplane in a drawing. It was visual enough. Just talking about how many times he's seen Ric Flair's penis. Yeah, and the plane right from hell, like he comes walking out of the bathroom and just his robe strutting down the aisle. (laughs) They didn't talk about that plane ride. No, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We were all because I was I was following some other people who were also live tweeting it. Yeah, and as soon as that plane ride story happened, like I saw six people being like, "They're going to talk about the other plane ride." Nope. I got an idea who I'd like on your table for three. What? Who? You, Jerry Lynn, and AJ Styles. Okay. I saw Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't get the chance to talk to him much. Mr. JL? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he was he was in a different room than I was at the big event, and, but I did see a picture of him with the, a lot of the ECW alum. New Jack. I saw New Jack. Oh, wow. It's good to see him. Got to get, get New Jack on, on the, the show. show. Yeah. Wow. That'd be great. Was uh, One Man Gang there? I didn't see One Man Gang. Because he's usually at those. That'd be another guy that'd be cool to go on. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing since everything with the hurt. Was it the hurricane that he lost all his stuff? Yes. Okay. I wonder how he's doing. He's getting back on his feet. So I, you know, um, I'm just, I know there's things I'm missing about the 30 for 30. They had a bunch of incredible guests, though, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the people that came out was just like, whoa, yay, I'm so happy to hear this. And they had a nice ballads, too, I think. Yeah. So that was fun. So I, I did. I, there were a few comments that I made that kind of got uh, taken up into another direction. When Greg Gagne was talking about the guys taking the thousand bumps, that, that was my favorite tweet of the night. Bullshit! <laughs> oh my god! I didn't mean to focus on that, but it right. just—it's stu- just like, do you know how long that would take to do a thousand bumps if you did them consecutively, like ten hours, like seven, seven to ten hours? It's just insane. I mean, that's at like five to ten seconds each bump. Yeah. I mean, if you do. Well, also. I mean, that's being 
Paul. I mean, if you can even do it. Well, like them. Ron Jeremy shot holes in flares, claimed that he's slept with 10,000 women. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I'm sure we don't know how many. Rick has no idea how many people he slept, how many women he slept with, but I'm. I'm going to say it's at least thousands. Yeah, thousands. no, I'll go with thousands. Yes, yeah. sure. So I mean, I'm not. I don't have as huge a problem with that, like as as some other people, because it's something like it's probably half that. Also, like, <laughs> also, if we're talking about Ric Flair, like you want to, you want to believe Ric Flair's had sex with yeah. ten thousand women, and he probably believes it. Yeah. Space Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, oldest Wait, ride waist in the park. down, waist down, longest completely no. Hey, oldest ride in the park, longest line. That's right. I think I heard him say that a few times. Wow. We just uh, recapped an old uh, episode of NWA, uh, yeah. WCW, where he made sure to specify the line for Space Mountain is 18 and over. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and there was always, a, there, you know what, Rick had a saying, no hair, no flair. <laughs> That's a shoot, too. Anyone that knows it will, say, tell, will tell you I'm telling the truth on that. <laughs> wow. What? Wow. Nothing. What? You signed up for this. Old <laughs> you school. got any news? <laughs> so, and there's, so, anyways, I could talk about that, that piece all day. Um, is there anything I'm, we're missing before we uh, move on concerning uh, this? I mean, it was a good documentary, and they're working on Andre 1, and they're also working on Andre uh, Doc for HBO as well with Bill, Bill Simmons. So, you know, there's some good wrestling documentaries coming down the yeah. pipe along with Ted's which is uh, I enjoyed a lot so you actually saw Ted's I got a screener of it yeah. oh yeah. yeah oh Bill over here somebody actually said oh I, I didn't know you were a man of God is that the conclusion you came to at seeing that with me no <laughs> okay I don't know why that person said that because I was talk, speaking at a church yeah can you believe I was at, did they show me actually yeah. at a church speaking yeah, at yeah. the with like, your do-rag on the, yeah yeah yeah, wow. I saw that clip in the trailer. Yeah. Do you know what I was saying in that, too? Did they play any of what I was saying? Yeah, they played. They, I was basically just... roasting guys. Like, <laughs> hey, there's Virgil. I can't tell you what he's most known right. for. In the church? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we, uh, we asked, uh, when we talked to Ted on uh, the with Spandex podcast, we asked him to explain Virgil to us. Yeah. He had a great quote where he said uh, the nicest way he can describe it is that 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 elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Yeah, yeah. he said that in a few interviews. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, no, they they just they basically just focused on what you were saying about Ted in, yeah. the, in the movie. Hmm. So yeah. do you know if yesterday was the only place it was getting shown actually in theaters, yeah. and now it's done? Yeah, it was a one night event for Fathom. I mean, they hmm. might do it like. Fathom's been known to do like encore performances and stuff and bring it back, but it's going to be everywhere on VOD and, and and DVD. You can pick it up. So. I hope it does well. I really it do. And it, it's been a long time in the making. It it did. Um, I mean, it's obviously uh, a documentary with uh, evangelical people behind it, but it threads the needle that's very hard to thread in that it's a movie. Like it's a Christian movie that's not like at the end. Like, it doesn't go super super yeah, cheesy. Yeah, it's, it's like not trying to convert movie. you at the end. Right. It's a Christian movie where it's both. It's basically just here's my life as a pro wrestler. Here's all the mistakes I made, and I am a Christian, and my mm-hmm. family are very strong Christians. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's just a documentary about people who happen to be Christian, yeah. which is cool. I, you know what I don't like, and and I'm not a fan of is, and I've been at, at some of these. I actually just 
like one that Russo did called Ring of Glory, where you, you show up to the wrestling show and then they get you in there and they kind of lock you in and then they witness to you and try to, try to you know. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. So I'm like, sorry. Like the power team kind of thing, but like in a wrestling show. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, then once you're in there, and then they try to, like, convert, you know, try to save you. But it's you not and... just for wrestling shows. Like, oh, yeah. churches do that all the time. Now, wait a minute now. It depends on what not, church you I'm, I'm what, not saying all churches. What church you go to. And there are churches that do. There are many churches. I just that don't yeah. like that bait and switch tactic. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> at it's all. no, because if, if you go to certain churches, you go there, and they ask, they, they've They've come a long way where you feel like you're put on, you're put in like a position where you have to raise your hand sure, or have to come to that. Sure. Now it's kind of like if you feel the spirit, then you. Well, can that's go there. It's like one of those again, options. it's church by church. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot. Like I, I grew up in the church. Yeah. I went. I spent a lot of my youth in churches, and there's a lot of churches that are like, oh hey, come to this raffle, come to this dance, come to this like fun concert. Yeah, and then they're like, all right, we're gonna worship to you now. Yeah, yeah. and the, we we kind of accidentally locked the doors. Yeah, so you can't get out. There's <laughs> chains on the doors. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Well, this I'm yeah, exactly. not supposed to be doing well, there's, that. There's church for all types of people and oh. every taste and flavor you can want oh, yeah. is a church for oh, you so well. if you're into that do it definitely not the bait and switch that's never cool no we some don't people love it the bait some people love it so well because most of the because 95 percent of the people who go to that stuff are members of that church right so they're like yeah yeah, well, well, they're not being but you're, you, you, yeah, you're being baited. You're, you're being preached the same the gospel crew. that you've heard already. So they end up converting people. They do. It works. Mm. Like they you do. That's no, and because <laughs> I sat and watched it, and and it might not stick, but at the, at the moment, those people are are raising their hand and they're getting up and they're being saved. So this is where I normally start talking about Scientology, but we don't have to. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, but there's other news, you know, in in pro wrestling because Kenny Omega and, and Chris Jericho are going to be battling. Yeah. January 4th, the mm -hmm. Tokyo Dome, Did baby. Did you see this one coming, Sean? Yes, I just didn't necessarily see it as uh, as Tokyo Dome. Uh, yeah. Me either. I Did you think it was going to happen on the cruise? I thought, yeah. I or or the cruise. on the cruise or maybe on their um, the next uh, North American shows. Oh, uh, the New Japan returns yeah. to Long Beach in March. Yeah. That's right. That's right, yeah. Two uh, weeks before. That's another person. I saw yeah. George Carroll, and uh, George Carroll is the director of I think I don't know what they call it, North American Operator. Anyways, he's kind of a, one of the bosses over here for New Japan. So uh, Kenny Omega and um, Chris Jericho, they were kind of doing some Twitter beef, and it turns out that they're going to be having that match. Do you think um, WWE has an issue with that? Or we were discussing before that maybe there's something else happening that we are not privy to? No, I'm sure that they're not happy about it. And, uh, at the same time, I don't think there's any... Um, anything going on under the surface that you know okay Vince is behind that Vince is doing this or that eh it's just people like you know getting wound up and coming up with conspiracy theories so, so. it's not gonna be one of those things where they're like upset at him and then he tries to come back and they're like yeah we're not we're not feeling you no they're they're not I'm sure they're not happy mm -hmm. but uh, Chris will be back in WWE come on don't be silly. <laughs> well, I don't know. It just feels like... No, I understand what you're saying. So do you think he he spoke to WWE first and said, hey, this is what... Not to ask them for permission, but just so you guys know before the news breaks, do you think he did that at least? Nope. Oh, okay. Well... No, nor, nor should he have. Better to ask for forgiveness. No, it's not even situation. it at all. He, it's His contract was done. He was on to different business. And and um, no, I don't think that would have been a smart thing because it would have taken, you know... 
could have possibly taken away from you know the whole, the, the surprise. Yeah. Which was which was a big deal. The surprise, the, the the shock factor was 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 really big for this. And anyone could try to downplay this as not as big a deal as it is, but it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I'm I'm happy that things like this can be done outside of WWE. Big things like this. For sure. You know? That's I, a great part about social media. <laughs> One of the good things. Yeah. A few, a few of those good things. Um, I saw some people, uh, you know, because wrestling fans are never happy. Um, I saw some people talking about how they felt like Jericho was probably going to phone it in, but I don't think he's going to phone it in. No. I think what is going to happen is, since Kenny Omega is like, probably the best wrestler in the world right now, or one of them, if not the best. Maybe AJ Styles, but Kenny Omega is definitely in the top three. Uh, but I, I think that since Kenny Omega wrestles that New Japan style that's so crazy right now, and Chris Jericho spent the past 20 years being like main event, top of the hill guy in WWE style yeah. in the past 20 years. Like, we all saw Jericho versus Neville in Beast from the East in Tokyo, and that match was amazing. Everyone loved that match. He didn't phone a thing in. He loved being in Japan. I think it's going to be like that. But I think that people are going to try and say Jericho didn't give his, give his best effort just because he's not going to wrestle a New Japan-style match. Eh, whatever. Let him say it. Let him say it. Sure. I also heard... I also you can't make anybody yeah, happy. Social media, yeah. I also saw um, tweets from, from Chris Cruz. You remember Chris Cruz? Old WCW announcer. Yeah. Uh, complaining about like those guys do it, shooting an angle on social media, how people are fans are more sophisticated now, and you don't like it. A lot of people did like it. Yeah, I I personally totally disagree with that sentiment. I think they did just fine on how they did that, and I think that um, people like to still be uh, worked and and fooled and tricked once in a while, you know. Yeah, you definitely sometimes don't want to expect something in for it to, to happen. You want to be like surprised, like, oh, this sometimes. is something different. So, yeah. There, there, there are certain things it's great It's great to be able to see coming a mile away, and some things it's great to be surprised. Do you want to hear some other things <clears throat> that we didn't see coming a mile away? Yeah. So, there can be only one brother love. <laughs> so, uh, Pub Daddy on his 48th birthday, um, he announced that his new name is going to be Brother Love. And just so you guys, just in case you guys don't know, Pub Daddy has changed his name a million times PDD, Sean Puffy Combs, Pub Daddy, etc. So, he's changed his name to Brother Love for the reason being that he wants to spread love throughout the world. Um, so, um, there is some, a huge backlash um, on social media. Um, in particular, Bruce Richard uh, said there can only be one Brother Love, and that is him. Um, so funny thing is, we actually talked about this on TMZ yesterday. We called Bruce, yeah, and he pretty much said that he is going to. Uh, if there's Pop Daddy later later on said he's no longer going to be using Brother Love anymore. I think it's because of social media. And Bruce said if he tried to get the name again, he would whip his ass. He would whip his ass. Yeah, Harvey was <laughs> Harvey was so baiting him. This was just hilarious, but yeah. I but like any of that backlash can't be serious though. Like it's 
come on, we all have to be joking, right? Like, yeah. I mean, everyone involved, even Diddy. Yeah. Come on. I think he didn't realize. This is all in fun. Like, nobody can be really be upset by yeah. any of this shit. I think he just didn't realize. Like, you know, like, say, for instance, you were to say something about, like, Beyonce, the beehive would come after you. I don't think the Diddy. Re- I didn't think Diddy realized that he was stepping into something that's very sacred for a lot of folks. And the whole WWE, or wrestling universe, actually, or wrestlers in particular, they came after him. And he's like, oh, I didn't. But yeah, because it just shows that he's kind of, I guess, living in a bubble. And the way I see it is, you just don't, I mean, yeah, he changes his name, blah, 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 blah. But the point is, you just can't, like, change your name and then not do any research on it. That's my problem. Like, <laughs> didn't you go, like, like come on, Google you're going to search? Yeah, you're creating a new website. You're telling me you're not going to go and check oh, to see if change, somebody else yeah. has it. But it's stuff like that. You should probably check in advance. Well, one of those things, too, because brother, brother, so in the church, like, brother so-and-so or brother love or brother whatever, that's kind of common. So I guess he, it was one, it wasn't those things where he's like, I'm going to change my name to whole, something out of the ordinary. Let me see whose name I can steal today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I think, I think it was just more on the ignorant side oh, of things. Yeah. Like, he didn't, because, you know, you have, like, sister Watson and brother, like, that's kind of very common in, like, I don't know about white church, but very common in the black church. So it's like, he just maybe just put the two together and figured that's what he was going with, and he didn't realize, again... It maybe made, he figured... Uh, Pritchard was appropriating from the black church and he was just taking it back. I was thinking about that today when I saw it and I just realized it's more of a southern thing as far as yeah. churches. So it doesn't even matter. Because yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that's like a lot like pastor back in the day. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a southern, definitely a southern twang to it. I was so. kidding about that, by the way. You think you saw Kofi Kingston dressed up like Brother Love on SmackDown? I was like, hey, that's a good did you idea. See the, did you see his like little video he did about it? I, I thought it was funny. Was that him really wearing the Brother Love shirt, or did someone just Photoshop that? Has anyone seen that? Photoshop. Okay. I thought that was great. I'm like, wow, he's already got the T-shirt and everything? Hilarious. Hey, um, uh, were you going to say something, TK? Were you going to, like, transition into something else over there? What what do you want to say? (laughs) I like that last transition. That was pretty good, actually. It was pretty good. I really like that I was waiting for that one, two, three. But, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Uh, well, if we did our new, if we structured our show a little bit better, <laughs> the booth might know and didn't do it. Or, anyways, it's um, your world. hey, I want to congratulate AJ Styles, new WWE champ, mm-hmm. over in England. Where was it? In Manchester. Manchester. I thought it was at SmackDown. Yeah, well, SmackDown, SmackDown was Manchester. in Manchester. They did, Man- they did they Manchester two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, I didn't see it. Those fans are hungry. You got to think when they fly out here for Mania, all those fans stay for Raw, and that's why Raw after Mania has been so wild and crazy. Yeah. So yeah, why not run Manchester twice? Well, also, well, the, I know why. The last time, yeah, the last time that they were in UK was right after the bombing, so they had to move yeah. the show from uh, Manchester. Okay. Did anyone think that the crowd was kind of dead, or was it for a just UK not crowd? Right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. think they were chanting as much as they normally would. Well, they're yeah. saying that the numbers were low. That's probably why and that affected that. I when Pete Dunne came out, they they came they came unglued. That was so awesome. Yeah. So they were they they were ready to to get excited about something. Yeah. It's yeah. just they weren't excited about much for some reason. They went nuts for the the Styles Mahal match because it was yeah. amazing. Such uh, a good match. It was match. really good. I wish I would have saw it. <laughs> Damn, it's now Styles it versus Lesnar. Yeah, which is going to be insane. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I know that some people are going, how's that match going to work? How, what's what's going to work great. What's Styles, gonna, he's super awesome. great at having matches with bigger guys because he's just one of those guys that can, you know, work somebody else's style and just, like, make them look great. So I think this is going to be awesome. And 
I mean, I was a little surprised. I when I first found out that AJ won, I was like, wait, what on SmackDown? Wait, what is going on here? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously more excited, looking forward to this. But it was very interesting to me how this all played out, and it makes people wonder, like, when was this this, this decision made? Considering that we were all thinking it was going to be Jinder versus Brock, and now it's and now it's Brock versus AJ. So you have to wonder, like, what went on? Was this always a plan, or was this not always a plan for this to happen? And I think people are saying, like, obviously. It's wasn't the plan mm -hmm. so now you're wondering what is going to happen and are we really going to see AJ versus versus Brock at Survivor Series because they because I don't know it's just it's I just crazy. hope that if that happens that it's a, it's a better uh showing for AJ than than Braun had yeah yeah but I think I think it was always the plan. Yeah, because um, you get surprised. Like it's it's like you, the bait and switch. Yes, yeah, it's a bait and switch. It's like okay, we, we have the doors. Yeah, <laughs> we have. You're expecting one thing to go in, and we still have like a week and a half to go, and now it's something totally different. I think that they've done. I think that everything that they've done with Jinder Mahal has been awesome, because they always know exactly what they're doing, yeah. and setting up this supposed dream match between Mahal and Lesnar, they knew that was going to piss people off. And they let it piss them off and piss them off and piss them off so that they get even more excited about Styles being the guy to be the champ again and to be the one to take on Lesnar. So that's a real dream match with shorter notice so you get you have less time to pick it apart and you have more time to be excited about it. And tons of tickets are flying off the shelf. I don't think they were I don't think that was planned I don't think that was planned that far in advance. I think that might have been a uh a you know, change of plans type of situation. Mm. Well, because people noted that on a lot of the advertising at one point, a lot of the advertising for the India tour, yeah. Mahal was referred to as a two-time WWE champion. So there was at least some thought about, hey, we can take the title off him for a little while, get it back on him before we head to India in December. Mm. Yeah. Huh. You know, the thing is about that is I would bring, I would have Mahal, like if he's, gonna do that I would have him win it in yeah. India yeah. yeah that's oh my gosh that, that would be crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where that's how you yeah. do that and then have Styles take it back at the Rumble or whatever yeah so uh, well you know I, I guess we there's other things we could talk about but uh, I can't think of what they'd be so <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're gonna take a break right now and then we're gonna come back with Pete Gas. what's up party people Roxy Stryer here from the Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the Mad Millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those Millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Hey, Xbox 12360 fans. I just want to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout-out or surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebdm.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. 
Joining us on the phone right now, uh, I used to work with this guy back in the Attitude Era. Um, very cool guy, and I saw him this weekend at the big event, and uh, and he gave me his book, and I'm glad he did because uh, he says some really, really cool things about me in his book. Uh, joining us on the phone right now, one of the Mean Street Posse, Pete Gass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey, Thank man. you for having me, and it was great seeing you this weekend. But it's been a while. Yeah, man, it's it's it was and it, originally. I'm trying to remember when I the first time I'd seen you in a long time. Was it Dallas WrestleMania or was it before that? I think it was before, before that. that. We yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think we did an appearance. We we both did an appearance in uh, Rhode Island, and I think uh, I don't know if that picture is in the book or not. Um, there's a picture of you're doing uh, you're doing a too sweet sign, and I'm kind of standing there looking dopey well your book your book um it's a really it's a neat book and it's and i i enjoyed i enjoy i haven't finished it because you just gave it to me this weekend but it's yep. from your perspective and coming into the business from like an outsider's point of view and be you know thrown into uh into the mix man in the most amazing time ever in wrestling and uh and uh I, damn it i can't remember what i was about to say. Well, he was saying earlier that he was a big fan of you, even as yeah. the one, two, three kid, before he ever even got to work with you. So then, when he finally got to the WWE or WWF at the time, oh, that was before we. Before, yeah, he was telling me that before. Uh, but anyways, the book is called "Looking at the Lights: My Path from Fan to a Wrestling Heel," and it's got some really cool forwards: uh, Mick Foley, uh, Christian, Vince Russo, and oh, Lisa Victoria. Marie Bichon. It's available on Amazon.com. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Pete, back to what you were saying, man. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's good. I mean, you know, we were fans. You know, I, I've been a fan since uh, since I can remember. And, uh, you know, I remember watching you and being a fan of yours, you know, as a one, two, three kid. And then, you know, when Shane called us and asked, uh, asked us to do a favor, and, and that was help him put over a match in, at WrestleMania, and we got to work with you, uh, you know, I give you all the credit in the world. I mean, you – you were working with a bunch of guys, including Shane, that weren't were very green. You know, I yeah. mean, Shane had a little bit more experience, but you know, you were great to us. And you know, it's funny. I was thinking about. It. I knew we were doing the interview today, and I was thinking about us and and our relationship, and how you know how much I care for you, and and, and all that. And and I thought about it, and I remember how cool you were the first day, and how cool you are now. And to be honest with you, bro, it has not changed one bit. I mean, obviously. We got to know each other better, but you've yeah. always been a straight-up stand-up guy and, and cool to me, and that's why when I, I wrote you a little note in the uh, in the book, it came from the heart because it's true. It's how I feel about you, and and, uh, and I mean it. You know, you're you're one of those guys. I just love you to death, man. Yeah, it means really a lot do. to me. I'm not trying to get all off on our own little side conversation here, like blowing smoke up right. each other's ass. But man, when I read no, I the, when I read the things you wrote about me, man, it made me it made me cry a little bit. Do you want to read it? No, I'm not going to do all that. I, 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 don't even have the, I don't even have the pages bookmarked. Well, what but, he wrote to you. Like, oh, that, what he oh, yes. wrote to you. To, do you mind if I read it, Pete? Uh, no, 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 absolutely not. To Sean, thank you for all the help over the years, but more importantly for your friendship. Hmm. Pete Gass. Yeah. Very cool. Who, who gave that little own? Oh, that ain't right. Come on, man. Oh, that's TK here. <laughs> It was nice. I could say TMZK over here. Not to speak for everyone in the room, but I feel the same. 
you know, like you're <laughs> such a cool dude and such a good friend. But Pete, oh, I Pete, second that. No. Um, you, how long did how long have you guys known Shane? You and Rod, you and Rodney, you and Rodney were actually like uh, lifelong friends of Shane's, right? Yeah, I mean Rodney knew him a little longer because they were together in junior high. I met them in like the summer going into ninth grade, and uh, when we all got to high school, played football together, we were inseparable after that. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, Shane. Let's. I mean, let's be honest. Shane's got his. He's got a lot more zeros in his bank account than Rodney and I even <laughs> yeah. back then. But and you know Shane, he's he doesn't act that way. He's no. a regular, regular guy, you know. And he was uh, he's always just a, a guy that you know got in trouble and and acted like a goofball. And and uh, we had always had a lot of fun. I always I've always told Shane, even to this day, I've never had a bad time with him, and I mean that. Wow. It's unbelievable. The thing about Shane is so. is. Um... Uh, his father made sure he uh, instilled work ethic in, 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 in Shane. Shane did every job there was to do uh, in WWE yeah. from the ground up. And I'm talking about from setting the ring up, referee, driving the ring. He did everything. So um, He did. Yes. And that that uh, right there, that's a lot of that's something that a lot of people don't understand. And, uh, and no, he, uh, yeah. And he so was to, he was bred to run that business. Yeah, and 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 Pete was was Shane just as uh, seemingly fearless and and like over the top uh, when he was in school with you guys as 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 like the Shane that I experienced. Without question, yeah. he's. Uh, I you know it's funny is I always call him an adrenaline junkie, yeah. and I, I I really believe that because he uh he, he yeah there used to be this there's a dam in Greenwich that used to be it's still there and he used to always jump off the dam and no one knew what was no one knew where the low points were the high points right. were and Shane never really he didn't really care he just jumped how high was and, the uh, dam? Yeah, there was just like little things he used to do and and I, I always tell the story one time he um we had a buddy Mike Kate and he had a motorcycle and Vince always said don't ride the motorcycle and Shane would say okay and we, we have to walk down the street uh, in Conyers Farm where they where Vince lives and he would go ride the motorcycle. One day, Vince comes up the street with that big barrel chest sticking out, and he's like, "Boys, where's where's Shane?" Oh, and uh, you know, we won't stooge on Shane. And all of a sudden, we didn't we didn't have to because literally about a minute later, here comes here comes a dumbass coming around the corner on a motorcycle. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we we all you know saw the fear of God because Vince looked at us and said, "Boys, time to go." And we're like, "Yes, yeah. yeah, Vince." And we get in a, we get in the car. And we're all looking in the um, in the back window, you know, at, down the driveway at the front door. And Vince is using Shane's head to open up the front door, just like you know, <laughs> giving him a, making him head but the door to open it. But um, that and was just it. You know, we used to laugh at everyone else's uh, pain. The funny thing about that story is this, Pete. Many many years later, uh, Vince is driving a Boss Haas motorcycle with a 350 inch uh, cubic inch small block motor in it, and uh, uh, ends up running like somebody pulls out in front of him, and like he goes flying like fifty feet, and uh, ends up yeah. cracking his pelvis, and like he show he even comes to TV and gets out of the wheelchair and won't let anybody see him in his wheelchair. That's how crazy Vince was. Mm. Like, wow. but yeah, no. Right. So it's funny, like you know, do as I say, not as I do, and that that spills over into the story um, of when I was one, two, three kid, uh, Pete. Um, Shane had a great idea that we would go skydiving, but we just wouldn't tell his mom and dad. 
<laughs> so Shane and I, I believe it. Shane and I and Alundra Blaze, aka Medusa, we went skydiving and uh, and Shane's crazy <laughs> ass. He did a backward like a freaking moonsault almost out of the out of the plane. Like you couldn't even. Yeah. You had to pry my my fingers off the door to get me out of the plane. <laughs> and, and he was just he couldn't wait. He's ready to do it again. Well, I was too, but. <laughs> Anyway, it was just <laughs> just crazy, but yeah. Yep. Anyways, but yeah, he's uh he's always been like that. I mean, he just uh he doesn't stop, and he uh I, I had a story and it popped out of my head. I guess because Bradshaw beat the hell out of me a few times, yeah. and uh, so I, I, I my memory slips me. I had a couple other stories. Maybe they'll pop in my head by the time I go. But they will. he just doesn't uh. He just, he just, he's fearless. He really is. Well, Pete, was there ever a moment where you were like, Shane, don't do this? Did you want to talk him out of anything? Yes. Uh, we were at a party freshman year of college, and I was there, and I was trying to pick up a girl, and uh, I had enough hard, I had a hard enough time doing that. And uh, Shane walks in, and him, Rodney, and a bunch of the other guys, and they decided that the party was lame and they wanted to go to a bar because a buddy of ours made us some fake IDs. So they literally picked me up because they wanted me to come, and they picked me up and they, we took Shane. I don't, Sean, I don't know if you remember this, but Shane, Shane's maid had like a lime green Lincoln Town Car. It was the ugliest thing, but Shane, Shane used to drive it <laughs> at times, and. We're on the highway going to, from Greenwich to Port Chester, New York, and Shane jumps out on the hood of the on the roof of the car, and he's surfing like Teen Wolf on I-95 <laughs> going south. That's, that's no it. lie. I mean, that's like legit. And I'm sitting in the back seat saying, "This kid's gonna die." Yeah. And he's just gonna, and he just, he's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and then and then so when you see like, okay, Shane McMahon. Uh, is in a helicopter crash. There wasn't even a question as to whether he was okay or not, right? <laughs> So yeah, so I, I I see it's on the. I didn't even know. I'm working, and I get all my phone starts blowing up about Shane. You know, asking if Shane's okay. So I have no idea what's going on, and I hit the news, and I see it. So I uh, I called him, and I said, I said, well, obviously you're all right because you're talking to me. And he said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, what happened? And he said, well, we were we were fly, I was flying after SmackDown. I was flying to the to the house out in the Hamptons, and all of a sudden I heard a boom, and it again. He looked at the helicopter pilot, and the pilot goes, we're going down. And he said it very calmly. And they were over water. So Shane said, okay. So the guy deployed, like, some, uh, you know, that, you know, the air, I guess the, whatever they call the rack yeah. that attaches to the, uh, whatever they call it. Yeah. And uh, they, they they had a safe landing. He jumps out, and he's cool as a cucumber. He won't, he, and the thing is, yep. too, he won't sell anything. He could get hurt, like when he uh, when he last jumped off the cage against Kevin Owens. Yeah, he was hurting, and I, I called him. He no sold me as usual, and then I find out he cracked ribs and everything. And I called him back. I said, "Don't kayfabe me, because I know you you always do that." And he says, "Yeah, I cracked a couple ribs. I'm a little sore, but I'll be all right." Yeah, but that's pretty so much just, that's yeah. pretty much just like his old man, though. When it comes to that, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So. Yep. Man, hey, I I was thinking about um, uh, some things that I read in your book, and I probably should have them bookmarked so I could go to them. But you're talking about like teamwork and and like how the, uh, you know, um, it, it was well you were putting me over huge in your book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah no, and you know what? I'm so glad because I was just gonna lead into this, and you did. So it's like we're dancing now because I actually was gonna just bring this up. 
So I'm just going to run with it, and yes. you cut me off if you want to add to it. Um, so back back in the Attitude Era, it was, from what I understand, it's, it's a lot different now than it was then. Yeah, you know, we were fighting against WCW and ratings and all that stuff, but the, the Attitude Era, that locker room, had a very team-like atmosphere. And um, to have, to me, for me to be a guy off the street as a wrestling fan, this is why the book, if anyone's a wrestling fan, and you love the Attitude Era, this is a book for you because you got you get to live vicariously through another fan. And um, so I got to have, like, help from DX, with the exception of Billy, because Billy's just a ball buster, but that's another story. <laughs> but, like, you and, you and Road Dog would do so much to help me and, like, literally, like, talk to me and, and talk to me about how to work as a heel in a tag match and what to do and how to cut off the ring and, and all the... You know, all the great things about being a great tag team, and I never forgot that, man. And I, and I, I swear to God, and I, I got to work. I woke up every day, and I jumped out of bed, couldn't wait, couldn't wait to get to work. And, you know, from having, you know, guys like Hunter helping me with punches and, and little things, and, you know, like, I, it was so much fun, and, you know, like, getting – Having help from Hunter and then help having, you know, just, you know, D, you think about it, DX, the biggest entity in, in, in sports entertainment, and they're helping helping us, you know, the Mean Street Posse get over and, and, and become more valuable to the company. That That's huge, man. But, you know, you guys didn't have to do that, and that's the thing that I'll never forget is that, you know, it was genuine and and. To me, that meant everything, and it was very special to me. Thanks, man. The thing about that is, the, is this: there's two. Uh, one one part is is me. I can. I'm only speaking for myself, but I know I know Road Dog is the same. Uh, we just really, really enjoyed, you know, dropping knowledge on people and and trying to help everyone out. And um, so that's like the the you know the more altruistic uh, side of it. But the the uh, the selfish part is this: we're at war with WCW, and we can't have anything on our show sucking. And so, uh, right. you know, and and that's the thing is is uh, Pete, you were talking about this earlier. Like, if your guys' deal wasn't any good, Vince wouldn't have had it on the show, and that's the truth. That's the right. truth. Right. Before, man. let's just buzz every people that we were talking before uh, the podcast, and and I was. You know, we were talking about the book, and, and the point of the book was the fact that um, we, you know, we got a break from, you know, Shane asked us to do us do him a favor. We, we didn't come to Shane and say, can we be a part of this? And then we always wanted to be a part of it. And then when we got the opportunity, we made the most of it. And I think that's the, the gist of the book. And the truth is, if we didn't get a rise out of the crowd, you know, Every guy in the locker room wants to get a, a cheer or a boo from the crowd. If you yeah. get no reaction, then you're useless and you go home. But if we didn't work hard and we didn't get that reaction, uh, you know, beforehand, Xbox and I, Sean and I were talking, and we both agreed that we wouldn't have been there past the match with Shane versus Sean. Yeah. And um, I think that's the that's the whole point of the story. And it's like, you know, you got a fan who a big fan of WWE. And then he gets an opportunity, and how he takes it from that to getting being a part of one of the highest-rated shows when it's the Mean Street Posse versus Briscoe and Patterson, which is a one of the greatest accomplishments. Yes, 
just I don't mean to cut you off there, Pete, but I, I, I just have to tell you that that segment with you guys versus Pat and, and, and Jerry Briscoe is one of my favorite things, man. And the crowd went ape shit. Went completely ape shit. Yes. So I didn't sorry to cut you off there, man. No, but it, you know, like I remember the day after that match, um, you know, Shane after we became, you know, involved with and got contracts, we weren't allowed to um with drive with Shane. And Vince Vince and Shane were driving together, we were driving home after a loop. And I remember the phone ringing, and I was driving. Rodney answered, and he said, Shane said, put, put me on speaker so Gas can hear. And he said, guys, uh, someone here wants to talk to you. And I remember I get goosebumps every time I say this because this is the one and only time Vince has ever said this. And he said, boys, he goes, the ratings came out. He said, you guys had the highest rated 15-minute segment in wrestling history on cable. And then he, then he went on to say, I'm proud of you. We never heard that from him. Never heard it again afterwards. Amen. But I never heard it. There's... That is in my head forever. Well, you know what? That's something that um, that people in the industry uh, really like. Okay, I'm just going to speak for myself. Like I, I've said this a bunch of times already. I'm just going to speak for myself. <laughs> um, uh, when I came back to the curtain, Pete, uh, from the ring, no matter how good I knew I did, if I didn't get that thumbs up and a smile from Vince coming back to, to, to Gorilla position, it, it, it would kind of break my heart, man. I'm not going to freaking lie to you. You know, yeah. so those well, th- that, those kind of positive affirmations from the boss, man, that's huge. That's Vince McMahon just said that too, you know? So Right. So for, for us to never get it, we we never got any like the, anything like that, even when we were kids. I mean, we had laughs. We had all that. It wasn't like it was like it wasn't like Hitler with us. Yeah. But for us, it was like, you know, to get that because we never got that. And Vince never wanted to show us any special treatment, especially yeah. with the boys, because at that time we technically didn't have a, a lockdown contract because we lost the loser league town match. And then that's when we were gone. But, um, you know, we weren't allowed to have action figures. Now, now you, if you're, you're in the WWE for, you know, a half a cup of coffee, you're, you got a figure, you got a t-shirt, and everything else. So you know, there were designs for shirts and stuff. Vince didn't want us to have any of that stuff. We didn't, we weren't allowed to have access to the, the, the stock for, uh, you know, for WWE when it was right. an IPO, there were certain things we just weren't allowed to have because he didn't want to show any favoritism towards uh, towards us. Yeah, you guys had to um, pay, you guys had to pay dues that I think a lot of people don't understand yet and pay. And it was me. It was it was you and Rodney and and and, and uh, Joey Abs and Joey Abs was actually a, a hardy a hardy crew guy. He was from the Carolinas. He wasn't a, he wasn't one of your uh, mean true Mean Street posse. From from the from the right, main, but, uh, from the mean streaks of, of Greenwich, he wrestled as Venom. Right, but unfortunately, un, un, unfortunately, he uh, he had to pay our dues for us or with us rather, because yeah. uh, you know. And I got to tell this story. I wasn't allowed to tell it on the last show I was on, but so I did an appearance back in June, and I sat next to Bob Holly, and this is one of the greatest stories I've heard. And I wish I had it for the book, but unfortunately, the book was already done. So I'm going to leave. I grab my my remaining books that I didn't sell, and I'm I'm going to leave. I put them in the car. I come back to say my goodbyes. I turn to leave, and Baba Holly grabs my arm, 
and he pulls me in and he says, hey, uh, I want to tell you something, and I want you to call Rodney on your way home and tell him too. And I was like, what's that, Bob? And he goes, uh, you're one tough son of a bitch. <laughs> and I started to laugh. And I said, he goes, I don't know if you know this, he said, but after you guys came back from the Briscoe and Patterson, basically, when you guys got your contracts, and he goes, we used to try to see if we could break you guys. He goes, you know, you guys paid your dues in a different way. I was like, yeah, well, that's in the book. And I, you know, I knew we had a pair of dues. He goes, yeah, but we tried to break you guys. He goes, I used to have matches with you, and I was punching you for real. He goes, I wanted to see if you were going to want to fight me or if you were going to, you know, you know, bitch and moan or, or whatever you were going to do. And he goes, God damn, he goes, you would come back stage, back to Gorilla, and you'd be laughing and smiling and you having a good time. You loved it. And I started <laughs> laughing and I said, Bob, I go, to be honest with you, I knew we had a pair of dues. And I'm not going to say you didn't hurt me because I don't want you to hit me and hurt me. But I, I said... <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I said I had two older brothers that used to beat the hell out of me when I was younger. Yeah. And I knew if if you complain, you only get a bigger beating. Yeah. And I knew how the business worked. And if you became one of those guys, then the whole room's all over you. Yeah. And he goes, well, we used to, he goes, me, Bradshaw, Benoit, we all used to try to see if we could break you guys. And he goes, none of us were able to do it. He goes, so you guys have my respect. And that meant so much to me. The tr the truth you is have no idea. I, I I can imagine. I it, yeah, for sure. Um, and it wasn't really my my thing. Wasn't like trying to run guys off. That I I don't get that. Like I I guess I understand why some people had that mentality. It just wasn't mine. I was always more of like let's try to just nurture these guys. And yeah, they have to pay their dues, but let's not necessarily try to you know hurt them. Uh, but I um. I, and, and that reminds me of something I said to Shane before our WrestleMania match. I'm like, if I don't really bring it, man, you know, everyone's going to just kind of, you know, roll their eyes and, oh, you know, taking it easy on the boss's son. So Shane was like, oh, bring it. Oh, bring it. And, and, oh, and, yeah. And Pete, I, I, kick, I kick Shane McMahon harder than I think I've ever kicked another human being in my life. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Good, and, you should have kicked him out. <laughs> and, oh, hey, and listen, like, I mean, you can look at some of the uh, parts of that WrestleMania match, and there were live rounds being thrown, especially when we had that weight belt uh, in play. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and I just, I remember you guys being involved uh, in the so, match. And so you, can I talk about that real quick? Yeah. Do you mind if I cut you off? Yeah, because I'm I, sorry. I, I, so, let, me, let me just tell so the, you this. Part, let me just tell you this, Pete. Uh, okay. when, I, when when we did that little part there live during the show, like I was throwing live rounds because I didn't know you got whether you guys knew how to sell or not. So I just had to start throwing shit. I just just had to hit you to make sure you went down. Right. So I I didn't. Again, this goes back to being a fan, and you, Rodney and I were grab had to grab each one of your arms while Shane went at you, and then you were gonna. You were gonna break loose, and you elbowed me with your with your right arm across the chest, and I was told to bow up my chest, and you were gonna hit me hard. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't hurt there anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to myself, I remember looking back when we when I got up, and I said, "This is just total instinct from watching the show, being a fan." I said, I basically said, "F it, I'm throwing myself back." And if I hit someone behind me, so be it. I'm selling it and making him look good. I remember saying this in my head. 
and you hit me with an elbow, if you ever go back and watch, I throw myself back into the seat, and then it go it go forward a couple minutes later, and I'm still selling that that elbow didn't hurt, but I sold that elbow shot, and I remember Waller in the match going, Pete Gass is hurting, or whatever he said, and I, yeah. I'm still sitting there rubbing it and wincing. And I remember just saying, just keep selling it, keep selling it. Because I knew it just made you look that much better. It did, And it too, was just man. an instinctual thing. It was a really good spot in the match that really, really made me look good, man. And, uh, and you know, originally, I've told this before, but, like, when I agreed to do that match, like, part of the, like, me agreeing to do it was that, like, Shane would have to put me over. Uh, so, uh, actually, so, eventually, things happened to where, where, where Triple H had to turn heel, or was turning heel, so like it only made sense that 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 he came out and screwed me. So I ended up putting Shane over. So we added all those little things into the match, where like you know where right. I got where I got over on you guys to to help uh, build me up stronger before keep, I got beat. Right, keep you strong. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I remember and during that match, Hunter actually getting after me because I wasn't selfish enough. So there was actually things added to it. That I didn't, uh, that I originally didn't necessarily want to do for myself, but I appreciate. See, that's why I, I really wish like the, the, there's two regrets in in my career that I wish. One is that we got to work with Hunter as like against him, and got to learn from him because I, I, you know, to me, I think he's absolutely brilliant and. Yeah, you know, I mean, we did vignettes with him, and he called me a buckethead and all sorts of stuff, and, I, and that was fun and stuff. But I mean, I told, I mean, like actual working in the ring, like we he would teach us in the ring with punches. But to actually learn in the ring and stuff like that would have been amazing. And the other thing was, when we first started, we we had uh, we took a stunner from Stone Cold in Madison Square Garden on a on a on a uh, on a house uh-huh show, sure. and uh, we we came out we came out with the Rock, and it was a huge thrill. We got a stunner from Stone Cold beers poured on us and then the rock uh came in and gave us a double people's elbow in madison square garden i mean it doesn't get better than that as far as a jobber goes but um i just was in and stone cold wasn't happy with the way we took the stunner and unfortunately i think because of that we didn't get to work with him as much as you know i don't think he wanted to work with us and one of my things on my bucket list is one day just apologizing getting to say i'm sorry to him because I really wish I had the opportunity to, because I, I think people I, would have loved to have seen him kick our ass in I, every city you, in the country. To be you, honest with you, you know, Pete, um, uh, you probably should, because I know for a fact he still he still remembers that. Like he was mentioned that when I brought your name up, he was mentioning, it. "Oh, he took the worst stunner ever." <laughs> Just kidding. Get out of here! <laughs> I know you are. It, could, it, could, hey, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been nearly as bad as the the first one Vince ever took. That's for oh, sure. Oh man. And, and, oh, I know, I know. And, and here's um, uh, something that, that I like to do. When, when somebody's taking something to mind, I don't just assume they know how to take it. I, I explain to them in full detail how I want them to take it. And that works out a lot better that way. Right. Anyways, so, um, hey, I, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap up shortly. But I, I do want to uh, – I do want to talk about – you went to OVW, right? No, no, I didn't get to go to OVW. I was in uh, Memphis. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I worked for Memphis. Yeah, I was with Lawler 
at uh, Power Pro Wrestling and also Memphis Championship Wrestling. Gotcha. I and then eventually, you... uh, eventually, I got uh, sent out to work with Savio, which was awesome, at, oh. uh, out in Puerto Rico for IWA. You learn a lot. Uh, guys learn a lot in Puerto Rico. You learn some uh, oh. a different way to work there, a little bit more of an intuitive yeah. way of working, not so much, hey, everything's got to be you know scripted. And, like you, you listen to the people. You learn how to listen to the people down there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I did it when when the book first came out. I did uh, Jr.'s podcast, and uh, I I was dying to know why the hell they sent me to Puerto Rico other than to empty my bank account, and uh, or at least part of it. So mm-hmm. when um, when we got done with the interview, I, we were talking and you know reminiscing and stuff, and I said, Hey, Jr., I got to ask you this question. Why did you guys? Send me of every that whole roster in Memphis. Why was I sent to Puerto Rico? And he goes, Pete, I know the answer to this, and I'm not lying to you. And and he said, we saw money in you. He said, he said we saw the improvement in you, and we saw the fact that um, you had a look. He says you were an ex football player, and you know I I had gotten down. I, I when I first started, I was a an offensive lineman body. I was about 285, and I was down to about 240. And I was, I mean, I don't know if you remember what I was starting to look like. I, yeah. I actually kind of got myself in decent shape. But he go, you know, he said, we saw money in you. And he goes, when you see money in so, you know, we thought, you know, so they wanted to teach me to do a, a different style, and they wanted Savio to work with me and to not be able to, they wanted me to not talk in, during a match. They wanted me to just go and, and I remember Percy, uh, Paul Bearer, coming out to to, um, to scout things and give a report back to the company. And he said, he goes, Pete, he goes, I don't see why they wouldn't bring you up soon. And then, all next thing you know, uh, probably about a, a month later, I got cut. So I don't oh. know what happened. Oh, and then it just kind of you just kind of drifted off into the sunset for a while, huh? Well, it, you know, I was told I was told by. Uh, Dennis Brent that I was going to be getting, a, or uh, sorry, Bob Clark, that I was going to get a call from, uh, uh, what was his name? Dr. Death, Steve Williams, was out uh, in Japan. And I was going to get a call, and they were going to set things up, and never got a phone call from him. And then I was going to do Indies, and then Jeff Jarrett was going to do a tour of Europe, and then Australia, and then 9-11 hit, and he called me and said, it's canceled. We're not doing it. Mm. And, uh, you know, that broke my heart, because I... In, in, in my heart, I, I was like, all right, just stay stay involved. You never know if they're ever going to call you back. They, they, maybe something will come up, you know, because yeah. Shane was still involved in, in all that stuff, and I and I wanted to, and then, but Indies weren't really doing much, and nobody was paying anything, and I, I didn't really care. I had a good job, so I didn't care about the money part of it, but they just weren't doing many shows. But what's you know, it, but it, what's it like? But but Pete, what's it like? What was your experience like um, going from that to just go, okay? Now I'm going to go back and be a civilian again. It sucked. Yeah. It was depressing. It was very sad. It was uh, you go through a, a, a bit of depression, and it what? And you know, I I thought about it long and hard, and I think the the hardest part about the business is you know you, you love the the roar of a crowd, whether they're booing you or cheering you and all that, but it's the locker room. I think the lock you miss the locker room most of all, especially that locker room of the Attitude Era. Yeah. You know, I think those that to me was, you know, I compare it, like 
I remember being in college. I played college football at UConn, and I loved the locker room. But this locker room I loved more because I saw you guys. There was no off season. You know, there was no summer break. There was no. We were together every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to me, it was just a special group. And I just, you know, to me that was the hardest thing. Was the, um, the biggest thing I miss is the locker room. Have you ever thought about having matches again? Sean, I told Shane, and Shane knows this. I said, if you ever, ever called me, I said, my bags would be packed, and I would be out the door in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and I, and I said, I will take every damn finishing move in the company if I have to. I said, yeah. I don't care. I, it's just a love of the business. It's something that I loved it before I even knew Shane, and I loved it even more so now so you know i mean it's it's two different levels so were you bitter and at all I, with, I watch it religiously was there that, but, were you ever bitter at all like after you were gone like was there any of that no good no I'm so that. um <clears throat> when i got re- when i got released uh i got i i went from puerto rico i was dating a girl in alabama i got my car i drove i literally drove straight up to stanford and i um I, well, I drove home to my mom's, and then the next day I, I, I walked into Shane's office, and afterwards Shane said, I thought you were going to punch me in the face. And I walked up to Shane, and I put my hands up, put my hand down, and I said, thank you for the best three years of my life. I can never repay you. And, That's Sean, I'm still, I'm still reaping the benefits from it. It was three years. I maybe won four matches my entire career in, on television, yeah. maybe. I don't even know if there's that many. And... I loved every bit of it. It was it was a blast. It was a great ride. I appreciate every moment. I love I love him. I love the McMahon family, and that's why I, I how could you have a bad word to say? And, you know, unfortunately, Rodney wasn't the same as me. Yeah. And you know they had some bad. You know, Rodney didn't take his calls, and then by the time Rodney wanted to talk to him, Shane's feelings were hurt, and it's unfortunate. And you know, Rodney and I had a falling out years before that, and Shane's the one that brought us together. Yeah. He actually, good story, he brought us to a strip club, and uh, <clears throat> he made us sit at the bar, and he says, I'm going to get a lap dance. You guys figure this thing out. We weren't allowed to leave. And uh, and then we all went back to his house, to Shane's house, and uh, drank beer and played pool after after we made up. But I tried to do the same thing. I invited them both to my wedding and, and sat him at the same table on purpose, but it didn't work. And... Uh, Huh. It just—it's—it's it's sad because they're good. They were—they were great friends, you know. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people, like uh, you know, Pete. A lot of people uh, when they leave, or you know, or when they're no longer when they're when they're let go um, from WWE, they—they're bitter and uh, they blame everyone. You know, uh, they got screwed over. This, you know. It's always somebody else's fault, and I just—I really right. like—I really like your attitude uh, about the whole thing, because uh, I mean, really, I mean, Sean. Yeah, I mean, the way I have to look at it is, I mean, the thing happened. It wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. Yeah. We made the most of it. It was supposed to be three weeks. It turned into three years, and we made the most of something that was very special in me, in my life, and and uh, my glasses definitely half full and i love the company and i still watch the product and i follow it i'm a i'm, a, I'm still that fan that was a fan before i met shane and yeah. it's awesome bro i mean yeah, and you know what you but guys, if they call 
You guys made a. You guys. You guys really contributed to the show. It wasn't like you were just you know added to the show because you were, uh, you know, uh, Shane's high school friends. You guys uh, contributed and added to the show and made it a better show. Uh, uh, Pete, what do you what do you have going now? Well, I have the book. The book's been out since March. And where can um, we get it? Where can we get it? You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. It's called Looking at the Lights. Uh, you know, all you gotta do is just put a uh, in the search uh, search engine or whatever you put in Pete Gas. It'll come up Pete Gas book, and and it's right there for you. It's like it's like it's like seventeen bucks yeah. right now. It's on sale. It's a great holiday gift. Um, but I work for WB Mason. They're great to me. Um, looking to transfer down to uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and start another chapter of my life with my wife. Yeah. Uh, Wife number two, Prince Albert. Matt Bloom always tells me he lets me know every time I talk to him that I out, I out, I out kick my coverage because she is gorgeous. There's a picture of her in the book. Um, He's one so to talk. It's always <laughs> he is one to talk. You're right, but it's funny because I I, I kind of turn turn things around and turn to his wife and say that she out kicked her coverage to make him feel good. So, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I put him I put him over all the time. So. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, a new life, hopefully in Florida, and uh, and that's it. You know, yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, you, no. know, you never know. You, you have... never say never in the business. But if you ever call, I'll, I'll definitely come. If, but at 47 years old, but I don't think it'll happen. Would anybody? Would you ever uh, entertain uh, uh, doing independent wrestling? I would do it. Yeah, yes. I would do it. Why not? I um, I feel great. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm down on my weight. And uh, I feel good. You and look good, man. You I, do. I, you look really good. Thanks. I, you know, I uh, I get up every morning at three a.m. and uh, I drive to Connecticut um, from Long Island. So I'm looking forward to moving to Jacksonville, hopefully. And uh, once I get that transfer approved, and then I could actually have some time to work out and nice. get even healthier. So, so Pete, it'll be good. Pete, real quick, what what is your? Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am Pete Gas is uh, my Twitter handle. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Pete, uh, Pete Gasparino, my real name. So, um, but yeah, it's great, and uh, I can't thank you guys enough, Sean. I love you, bro, love and you I too. appreciate everything you've ever done. And I just want everyone publicly to know that because the man that has this show is a, definitely a guy that is a genuine person, friend and has been since day one to me and a lot of others and I can't can't begin to tell you how much I'm in your corner bud and I'm so glad to see you're doing good and and uh, I love you I love you I too Pete thank you so much for spending your time with us today man have a great day man thank you thank you you cool, too man. thanks Pete wow All thank right. you guys I enjoyed that that was awesome yeah I got I got this message this uh, this morning from a two hundred three area code and I'm like thinking who is it like <laughs> somehow it's not programmed into my phone and and uh, and so I'm thinking it's either PJ just incredible or somebody from the office you know from Stanford or something and so yeah it was Pete and it reminded me oh yeah I just saw him then I have his book and I want to have him on the show and so. There he was. That's awesome. Perfect yeah. timing. And he says he'll do indie wrestling. So you yes. versus Pete Gas at bar wrestling, or? Well, I I want to see. I want to see. You know, I just think that you know, Attitude Era wrestling fans would like to see Pete Gas. I think at a WrestleCon time... or something like that, if they did 
Me and Street yeah. Posse back together. That ever, would draw. Ever since huge. ever since Shane's come back, anytime he's like, "Oh, I've got a surprise," or "I've got some ideas," or "I've got some teammates," everyone just like Mean Street Posse's coming back. Like they're yeah. excited about it. Yeah. 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 So uh, hey, also uh, before we go, show Red Star. I want to say, I want to shout out to. Okay. <laughs> Not the best arm. Star One, S T A R R One. They uh, they make uh, some incredible uh, edible products infused with THC, and uh, they're for <laughs> medical mer- they're for medical purposes. And uh, and I just want to thank them uh, for dropping some of their product off for me to try. Uh, wow, some of it's pretty strong. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. you have purple and blue in your hand, and you're used to the red. Yeah. So they just make all different uh, potency of stars. Yeah. So I'm, on my Twitter account, I'm going to put them over, and uh, and then you know put where they where you can find them online. And uh, thank you, Star One, for your red star gummies and purple star gummies. Oh, and sour blue star gummies as well. So, <laughs> and also the Plume Vapes, who I'm wearing their shirt right now. Um, There's a theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anything anything you guys want to touch on before we get well, out of here? Saturday, November 11th, you're at Real Pro Wrestling, Red, White, and Bruised in a tag team match, and then you're off to Australia. I don't think I'm there now. Oh. No? No, I think yeah. that was switched. I went and did the big event instead. Oh, instead. Yeah. Scrap that. So, Australia <laughs> tour coming up uh, November 24th or 27th, <laughs> Melbourne on Friday the 24th, Adelaide Saturday the 25th, Bisbane Sunday the 26th, and Sydney Australia Monday the twenty seventh. Yeah, Russell Austin Aries. Yeah, we're gonna be a team, I think. Yeah, and uh, I have a big shipment of shirts coming. Hell yeah, some really cool shirts. The one with the mashup logo. Oh, nice. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah, can't wait. So I'm gonna be bringing those to uh, Australia with me. I'm gonna leave some of them here though. Nice. But all right, everyone. What else is going on before we go? Anything? Sundown Motel over there. Yeah, that's it. Hey man. I just like my sincerest condolences, man. On on Bill, uh, am I okay to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. I, I I sent a tweet out the other day just talking about uh, just sending some love out to everyone that's lost a pet recently, and Bill has. And uh, uh you're part of the family. Oh shit! I shouldn't have started way, talking way to about end that. Ended on a on a positive note. Oh uh, no, but it's a very I just emotional episode. Yeah. This was. No, I, I just, man, that hurt me, man. My heart hurt for you, dude. Oh, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for the kind uh, words. Yeah, and so uh, that's why Bill was gone recently. Uh, I think that's the main reason, right? Yeah. So, And uh, TK, any last words? Uh, we can find us at AfterBuzz TV, also The Real X-Pac for Twitter, uh, IG X-Pac12360, and you can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. Cool. I think everybody else has their... Yeah. Find me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. I'll be at Bar Wrestling tomorrow. And you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. And make sure to check out my YouTube channel. I have a new series called The Wrestling Girl, and it's on my YouTube. You can just search up Denise Salcedo. All right. Find me at The Real Xbox. We'll see you right here next week on Xbox One Two Three Sixty After Buzz TV. Bye.
From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!